Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Good evening. We're calling it evening now, 4 o'clock? Bro, 4 o'clock. It's December 17th. What is The solstice is the 21st, right? Saturday? Yep. My favorite day of the year. Really? Get the sun out of here. You know what I mean? Bring on the darkness. Bring on the cold, buddy. You're That's where so I'm weird. living. You know? I don't know why we got these houses when there's perfectly good caves everywhere. Anyhow, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm. it's evening. Definitely 4 o'clock, man. I'm right. It's sunset. Dusk. Okay. Closer to dinner time, I guess. For sure. Uh, in any case, good afternoon to you. Whatever you have, you want to say it. I mean, it's always true. Hello. Until midnight. Um, let's talk about this Montana State-North Dakota State matchup a little bit, but let's start by hearing from uh, uh, Jeff Choate talking about the machine that is NDSU. Here you go. This is a machine, and uh, it doesn't matter who's coaching them. It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. As long as that old line is what it is, they're going to be pretty good. <laughs> and so uh, that's kind of it's kind of plug and play. It seems like I mean, over from uh, Coach Bowl through this present group with Coach Entz, it's uh, it's it's really 35 game win streak. I mean, it's hard to wrap your head around that. Like how how prolific this group is, and what a tremendous accomplishment it is. It is. I mean, it, 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 you said this before, Coulter, where. I mean, the first, the quote-unquote first time around when they were passing, I think, 30 in a row. 33 was their peak between 2012 and 2014. And there was a lot of fanfare about this and a lot of coverage about, you know, are they going to break this record? Can they get this streak? And then they did. And now they've done it again, their own record, and it's coming much more under the radar, almost, you know, with a palms of the sky, like, well, yeah, you know, what I mean, of course, who, who else, who were they going to lose to? Nobody. Uh, and so that is, it, it's it's just remarkable. But I thought it was interesting uh, what Jeff Jones said there. Quarterback does not matter. Coach does not matter. Offensive line. Put them all out there, roll out five of the ten best offensive linemen in the country on the same team every single year, and you know what? You're just going to win every single game, and that's what he's pointing to. And It's certainly not as simple as that, but let me put it like this. It's not as easy as that, but is it as simple as that? I mean, is that just what NDSU is? They're there in the Midwest. They've been out recruiting Minnesota. They get all the biggest guys in the world. They're sending a bunch of offensive linemen to the league, and they win every game they play in. Well, first of all, the, the hardest thing to out-recruit is tradition. And North Dakota State has had such an entrenched winning tradition for so long. This is a, a team that's only, a school that's only been Division One since the mid-2000s. 2004 was when NDSU moved up. and But, but I mean, you look at their, their resume before moving up to from Division Two, And, I mean, you're talking about... Literally dozens 
of conference championships. They've won 36 conference titles. Yeah. They've won 15 national championships dating back to 1965. 65, 68, 69, 83, 85, 86, 88, 1990. I mean, you have such a great run. And then they have the gap in the 90s. But then as soon as they started really, truly investing, and then they made the great hire in Craig Bull, and their initial playoff run honestly started in 2010 when they went to Bozeman and beat a favored Montana State team, Mm -hmm. and they really surged down the stretch to win that game. And then they lost in a crazy game to Eastern Washington. And I've said this many times on the show, but I think one point of history that's worth mentioning is so often in a playoff setting, if one of the teams that is the greatest challenger to the juggernaut gets knocked off before actually playing the juggernaut, it has an effect. And I'm not taking a single thing away from NDSU, but you have to wonder what would have happened if Vernon Adams or Gage Gubert and Cooper Cup would have gotten to play NDSU because those teams played in the regular season. They went to overtime in Fargo once. And I just think that like some of those teams could have matched up with NDSU just because they're the opposite of NDSU. And they had you know high-caliber athletes and explosive passing game. And I think that that's the way. I mean, look at this this run. Who are the teams that have beat NDSU? I mean, South Dakota State, they they were a ground-and-pound Missouri Valley-style team, and they tore it down and went up-tempo with Terry, with uh, Terry Christian, the quarterback, Jake Wynicke, the receiver, to try to topple NDSU, and they beat NDSU twice. They only have eight losses during this entire run of seven out of eight national championships. But SSU beat them twice. Montana beat them. And how'd they do it? Throwing the ball over the top. Brady Gustin threw for 434 yards and four touchdowns that day in Missoula back in 2015. So that's the way you beat him. So you always wonder what would have happened. But I also think that... It, you, know, you also played him in a forest fire. No doubt. <laughs> but it's it's impossible to out-recruit tradition, and they have such a winning mentality, and I think it exists in the community. I think it exists in the expectation of excellence uh, that's everywhere. I mean, there, there's a lot of people that would say that North Coast State has among, if not the most arrogant fan base in the country, and I think that that's obvious because look at how much they've won. I mean, arrogant, maybe not the word, but I mean, why wouldn't you be booking your tickets to to to, to Frisco after the game this year in Frisco? No doubt. I you mean, know, I mean, just book it. Fargo South is what they call it, and and that's for a reason. But I also think that I mean, look at if you look at the most the great runs in college football history, Oklahoma. Under Bud Wilkerson was the, the the longest winning streak in college football history, forty seven straight games between nineteen fifty three and nineteen fifty seven. But then you look at Washington, Yale, Yale; those are both forty, thirty seven, thirty seven. That those those were nineteen fourteen or sooner. Both those Yale winning streaks were in the eighteen nineties. And then you have North Dakota State, two thousand seventeen to present at thirty five in a row. So this is the fifth longest winning streak in the history of college football, but also. The longest winning streak in 65 plus years. Right. It's it's truly amazing that they've gotten to this point. But I think that there's so many different factors that go into why they're so good. It really is a machine. No other program could endure having a head coach leave for an FBS job like mm-hmm. Craig Bull did for Wyoming. And then you, you pass the torch. And Chris Kleiman, what does he do? Wins five out of six. I guess no, four out of four out of five. They had the one where they lost in the semifinals to James Madison in 2016 playoff, but then they come back and they repeat. And then he moves on. He passes it to Matt Entz. And I thought this year had a chance to be the year where they took just, just the slightest of dips because you lose Easton Stick, who's a four-year starter at quarterback. You lose Robbie Grimsley, who's perhaps the most veteran player in the history of college football. He started every single game since the moment he stepped on campus for a team that won the national championship every year. I mean, no one plays 60 games in college football. He started 60 games. It's amazing. In the FBS, it's literally impossible by about 10 games. Right. You could possibly play in a season would be 13, and that would be in a year like this where you had an additional week, and then you play in the semifinal and national championship. The thing, the, 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 what's happened in North Coast State now, though, they have such a culture, they have such a developmental program. Hardly ever do you play before you're a third year sophomore or a fourth year junior, mm-hmm. most likely. I mean, Carson Wentz didn't even play until he's number two overall pick in the draft. He didn't play until he was at least a uh, third year sophomore 
and, and he had some injuries that kind of limited his time. He was actually the least uh, long-term quarterback they've had this decade, If uh, assuming Trey Lance can continue to, to thrive. But the other thing is they've gotten to this point where you don't play unless you're an older guy, except for if you're just so much higher of a level of talent than almost anybody else in the FCS could get. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if you are a plug-and-play guy at North Dakota State, it's because you were probably the Minnesota Player of the Year, like Robbie Grimsley was. Or you're Jabril Cox, who Jeff Tote said can play anywhere. Mm-hmm. Anywhere in the country Jabril Cox could play. And that, I mean, so that's the dichotomy. You get you either got guys that are fully physically ready to play who know what the demands of the program are and the expectation of excellence is, or you have a dude who should be playing in the Big Ten or the Big 12. I mean, yeah. straight up, they out-recruited Iowa and Iowa State for Jabril Cox. No one else is doing that in the FCS, and that's how the, the, the stronger gets stronger, the richer get richer. You know, it's an interesting dichotomy as well. or Not even dichotomy, but a, a thought on this. It's 2 telling one is 1029 ESPN Radio. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. When, when you think about Fargo... And more specifically, when you think about North Dakota from the state of Montana, okay, you know, you do the thing where there's like the rivalry of the, you know, bordering states and they stink and we're great and so forth and so on, all that. Fargo, North Dakota is 122,000 people, but the metro area of Fargo is almost, in fact, more than double that. It's right at 250,000 people. I'm about a quarter of a million people who identify as what are they? Fargonians? Fargoites? <laughs> sure. Um, that's a lot of people. It is. It's a lot of people. In in a in a Midwestern town, in a hugely rural, obviously farming egg type of state like uh, uh, like North Dakota and like much of Montana is. I mean, we can identify that uh, as far as it goes. There's no, not even Billings is a population in right. terms of the, air, the, the what it is at Fargo. You talk about the tradition that's there. The number, you talked about, you know, Montana and the media coverage that they have relative to other teams in the Big Sky. Nobody's got more people covering them, the FCS level, than the North Dakota State. I mean, there's plenty of FBS teams that would kill to have multiple beat writers, multiple radio, multi, you know, all the TV and everything that, where there's mid-high teams of of reporters at every single press event that happens for North Dakota State football. And that has, that builds on itself too. And I don't think people, you know, when you think about Fargo in North Dakota, it's just like, well, how is this little outfit, you know, continue to turn out? Well, you know what? It's not that little. In fact, it's a lot bigger than Bozeman and Missoula are. A lot bigger. And probably those two towns combined twice the size. I mean, yes, the greater, the greater uh, if you include Moorhead, it's, well, it's you, probably close to three hundred thousand, right? It's basically Bozeman and if you talk about just city, is Bozeman and Missoula together is what Fargo the city is, and if you take the metro area, I mean, it's yeah, far far bigger than that. So the, I, I think that that's an interesting factor because I think that like you can there's there's parallels between the rise of Gonzaga basketball, hmm. Boise State football. North Dakota State football, when you are the big show in town, the, in a town that's still a town, not quite a city, but then it becomes a city. Exactly. I mean, nobody could have ever predicted, like, all the Idaho Vandals fans are always screaming, oh, Boise State was Boise State Junior College back in the 60s, and, you know, if they go, we can go. No one could have ever predicted that Boise would be this tech hub 
this town of three quarters of a million people that has you know such a I mean such a vibrant growing population it, it has such a huge factor look man it's 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 pretty simple to me everybody talks about football college football in the south and how it's such a big deal and no no question okay but it's not it's not the south in virtue of the south it's it's the show in virtue of it's the show in the place why is why is Oregon football so much bigger than Washington football, even though the University of Washington rivals anything that Oregon could do, both facilities-wise and in general. I mean, everybody wants to talk about Philadelphia. Don't take a look at what's going on at the University of Washington, okay? It's big time. But you know what they got? The Seattle Seahawks, the Mariners, and a whole bunch of other things going on. You know what Eugene has? Oregon football. That's it. And basketball, for that matter. But they, they got the University of Oregon and even the state of Oregon. They got no football in the state of Oregon. That's it. It's the University of Oregon and the rival in the state, Oregon State, isn't much of one at this point in time when you talk about that. It's a huge, huge deal. So you go down to Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama. Show me what professional teams there are. None. Show me what other things go on. Nothing. It's football. That's it. That's all. Tuscaloosa, Auburn, and on down the list. And that's why it's such a big deal there, man. And there, there's no sharing of the spotlight. Minnesota, you have Minneapolis. The University of Minnesota is a big deal, but it ain't the show. Totally. And so at North Dakota State quarter of a million people, and that's a quarter of a million people in any direction for 500 miles, 300 anyways. That is it, man. That's what you're doing, and that brings a lot of resources in. And there's a lot of, there's dollars, and there's interest, and it creates an energy that people are attracted to, that kids are attracted to, and and it continues to build on itself. Well, why do people donate money to college athletics programs? Because of their pride in the program, because of their affiliation with the university, but also because of the hope of winning. And when the hope of winning is affirmed over and over and over again, I mean, think about how much hope there is for winning at the two Montana schools. Montana State has three national championships. That's amazing. Montana Montana has two. That's amazing. They have 15, 15 national championships. Talk about the affirmation of the hope of winning. And now you get to the point where you have not only a systematic advantage, not only a resources advantage, which we'll get to in the next hour, not only are you the biggest show in town in a pretty big town compared to where most of the other FCS schools are at, the isolation, like you said, is a huge factor. Because mm-hmm. there's definitely a whole bunch of... I mean, Vill- Villanova is in Philadelphia, but they are a speck on the Philadelphia sports radar when it comes to football. Yeah. But now you also have this systematic advantage where it really is plug-and-play. Because you really have proven that you could replace Brock Jensen. You did it with Carson Wentz. You proved you can replace Carson Wentz. You did it with the all-time winningest quarterback in the history of college football at Easton Stick. He graduates. What do you do? You plug in a guy who's a finalist for the Walter Payton Award as a freshman, the Jerry Rice Award winner, Trey Lance, who we'll hear from on this show later on this week. But also, you just have... There's there's not even a thought in your head about losing if you're those players. Yeah. And I think that that has such an intimidation towards other teams. Mm-hmm. And that's what we talked about with Jeff Choate is just you saw North Dakota State last year. How does that how much does that help you going to Fargo this year? Here's what he said. But, you know, we've seen the elephant before. I think that is good for us that uh, we don't need to go to the Fargo Dome and get a feel for We know what we're getting ourselves into. And uh, I think that does help us a little bit. And last year, I think we were that satisfied team that was happy to be there. And uh, we, we weren't still hungry. And hopefully we've got a little, uh, you know, we've got a little fire in our belly this year. And we're ready to go give these guys a little bit better game. So there you go. This is kind of the setup to having seen them and what it means to be there. But he was asked also specifically, what's the difference going to be between last year and this year? What is it at all? Here's what he said. It's funny. I I was anticipating a bunch of these comparisons between this year and last year. And I will say this. It doesn't matter what happened a year ago. It doesn't. It doesn't matter for them. And it doesn't matter for us. Because you're not the team you were yesterday. And so, let alone a year ago. And, um, you know, we've got to avoid having any PTSD from our traumatic experience that took place in the Fargo Dome. But I think our guys have played a ton of football since then. I mean, played a ton of football and um, have played to a higher degree. Um, We're more competitive. I think we're a better team overall. We're more well-rounded. They are the same. They're the who they are. So 
what happened last year, what happened this year, throw it out the window. doesn't matter. None of those guys, I mean, there's some guys that are playing in the game, but uh, it's, it's uh, you know, a, what is it, 385 days. That's the difference. That's a long time. Here's the thing. In, in one sense, he's obviously right. I mean, it doesn't matter what happened this year. Nothing that happened, even a game of go, matters in the game that you're about to play. But I do think that it matters for Montana State. In fact, he said as much, we've seen the elephant, as he put it. We've been to the far end. We don't, ha- we don't have to get used to it. And also got spanked. 52-10 to 10 was the final score last year. I think all that stuff matters, and it matters in the best possible way for Montana State. I mean, they, they went in and did not play well, but also played a great team and got embarrassed and sent home. And that's the last sort of image of that that they have. Nobody wants to have that. And I think this is a team that is excited to go create a bit of redemption. Now, whether that ter- translates to winning the football game, realize that nobody really expects them to actually go and win the thing. Although, 9-3 to was the final last week for NDSU. Okay, so if you're paying attention, I mean, this is, I, I don't think it's crazy. We'll get into more of the matchups of it and what, what it looks like later on in the week. But nonetheless, to go in and, as, as Jeff Cho said, give them a better game than we gave them last year. Uh, that matters to this team, man, to go in and prove that you aren't 52 to 10 compared to the best team in the country, that you are, that you belong in this group, that you belong in this football game. Uh, I think all that matters, and you only get that because you played last year. So I think playing last year actually matters quite a lot in this game, in that sense. Well, and you have so many guys that didn't really get to prove it at their best or top capacity Correct. last year as well. I mean, you look at Montana State's defense, for example, a year ago. They had just lost Jalen Cole. He had that bad neck injury in the Montana game, and he has not returned since then. So you're down a corner, a guy that was a big-time contributor for you. You got Grant Collins, one of the toughest dudes I ever covered, playing with no arms. I mean, the guy has had like six shoulder surgeries trying to play against that. I mean, he's a... He's a fit and spill inside linebacker that has to use his arms to rip and he's going against all American offensive guards from North yeah. Dakota State. It's not happening. It you got Josh Hill who had back surgery playing in his first game. And Josh Hill played great, but that's just so hard to not play any games for the first twelve games of the year and come back for that. Tucker Gates didn't even play in the Incarnate Word game, the playoff game. So he's coming off of sitting out a game. Bryce Sturk looks like a human robot. He's got so much stuff on him. Because he's wearing an elbow brace, a yeah. shoulder brace, everything. And, you know, I mean, on down the line, their entire Jack Wright was all sorts of banged up. Tyrone Fanono was banged up. Now, Montana State's front is by and large healthy. I mean, they have a couple guys that have been out, but they're by and large healthy. The Isaiah same, Fonse is back. Isaiah, Isaiah Fonse is back. Absolutely. He, he will be at full strength. The offensive line's a year older and presumably, and not presumably, certainly a year better. Yep. And so I think, I mean, Across the board, Montana State is better. It's going to be a great measuring stick. The, the, my, for, the first story I wrote to kick off the 2019 season, like the, the Monday of the first game week, was a story I worked on all summer talking to all the players about what they learned from that NDSU game and just the measuring stick and the bar that it was for the program. Well, now they actually get to use the measuring stick. How right. much better did we get? I don't know how you equate that because obviously, I mean, I don't. Th- I I I think it's very highly unlikely that the Cats go to Fargo and lose by forty-two points and give up three one hundred-yard rushers before halftime. I think that's extremely unlikely. Yes, but like, what is the measuring stick? Like, if they lose thirty-one to seven, did you get better? I don't know. I think it's going to be a really good game because I do think Montana State's gotten significantly better, and I do think that North Dakota State, while fourteen and zero and and really good, is. More vulnerable than they have been. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that. I, I don't even... The measuring stick thing, like using it because you only get to play these games a couple of times is fine. But again, it's just so much more about just how did you play today? Sure. You know, if you didn't play well, does it mean... I mean, was last year's team 42 points worse than than North Dakota State? I mean, maybe. Oh, well, you certainly the banged you, up. The, but the other thing you got to understand is last year's NDSU team had 27 seniors. Right. I mean... Trey Lance is a great player. 
he does not have 47 wins under his belt by the time he comes yeah. into that game like Easton Stick. But you look at the other guy. I mean, Darius Shepard is the starting partner for your Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. They don't have that guy right now. Lance Dunn and Bruce Anderson shared carries with each other, so they never got the spotlight they deserve. Those are two of the best FCS running backs I have ever seen. Yeah, Bruce Anderson is a next-level guy, no doubt. They had an NFL tight end. They had an NFL right tackle. They had but Greg, the point Greg is Manon, they got, one they of the got great a, defensive a bunch ends. of those guys again. They do, except right. for those guys are sophomores, not seniors. Yeah. Fifth-year seniors, it doesn't... I mean, when you combine elite talent also with experience and it's your last ride, which Montana State has a lot of, actually. Yes, they do. I think, I mean, it's just interesting, man. Like, you look at Montana's, North Coast State's running backs. Ty Brooks and the Cofield kid, they're both good. They're they're really good. But, I mean, you know, right in the middle, all-conference type guys, second, third-team all-conference guys, they're not first-team All-American guys. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. Sutel Nuanis, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX, Montana Television. Take a break on the other side. Let's talk to somebody who's played in this game last year and will play in it again on Saturday. Derek Marks, defensive lineman for the Montana State Bobcats, joins us right after this. Hey, I want to tell you, too, this Friday, what are you doing? Well, how about hanging out with us at the Southgate Mall? Southgate Mall this Friday, December 20th, from 4 to 6 p.m., we will be doing the show live from Clock Court. You know where it is, right there near, near the food court at the intersection of everything in the Southgate Mall. We'll be set up there. We'll do the show from 4 to 6. We also are going to stick around for an extra hour, about 7 o'clock, giving away prizes from AMC, Lucky's Mart, Champ Sports, Just Sports, and Red Robin as well to uh, a few lucky listeners. So come on by, say hi. It's the 20th, people. What does that mean? You haven't done any of the shopping that you need to get done in the next five days from that point to get yourself to Christmas. Come on down to the Southgate Mall Friday evening. Hang out with us. We're going to have some fun. Give away a bunch of prizes, and then you can go take a walkthrough and get everything you need to get done in one night, okay? It's that simple. Two Tell the Wanda's from the Southgate Mall Friday. We'll be there. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Juanas. Here's some sports news for you. Montana State plays in Fargo, North Dakota in the semifinals of the FCS playoffs on Saturday afternoon. Coincidentally, the Bobcats play in the Fargo, they played in Fargo at the Shields Center last night in men's basketball as well. The Bobcats have returned the ball over 16 times in the game, leading to 26 NDSU points in a 79-65 loss. Vinny Shahid scored a game-high 24 points for the Bison, while teammate Tyson Ward added 19 points and 13 boards. NDSU, it was 10 of 26 from beyond the arc. Amin Adamu paced the Bobcats with 19, while Harold Frey added 18. MSU shot 49% last night. The Bobcats are 6-4. They play at Cal State Bakersfield Thursday. Helen is Ty Erickson and Miles City's Haven Megged locked up World Championship Saturday night at the National Finals Rodeo at the Thomas and Max Center in Las Vegas. Erickson finished number one in the world in steer wrestling despite finishing out of the money on Saturday. He was ahead of Buttes Bridger Chambers, actually originally from Steve I, who rose to the second in the world standings and third in the average at the NFR with the third place finish on the final night. Megged, a 21-year-old rookie who won two buckles, for finishing first in the average and first in the world in tie-down roping. And finally, Wednesday marks the beginning of the early signing period. We'll bring you all kinds of news about that over the next couple of days. ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. The Bobcats into the national semifinals. And they got... 
a bunch of seniors on this team playing at a very high level, including Derek Marks. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We're broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy, online at kurtzpolaris.com. Hey, boys and girls, Instagram, okay? Fun with pictures at 1029 ESPN. You go on Instagram right now. We got a whole bunch of Lady Grizz tickets for you. In fact, eight of them to the season opener. All eight to the same game. Get a big party together. Uh, the season opener on January the 2nd. You go follow us on at 1029 ESPN and you can win the tickets. Okay, big giveaway there on the Instagram for you at 1029 ESPN. That's what we like to do. We like to keep people happy, keep people in the loop, use the social medias to give away the tickets and all that stuff. We go now to the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in senior defensive end for the Montana State Bobcats, Derek Marks. Derek, thanks so much for being with us, man. Congratulations on an absolutely dominant performance, both by you individually and as a, as a collective group uh, last Friday. And, uh, and what was that game like for you in the quarterfinals of the national playoff to have that sort of performance in front of a home crowd on a Friday night? Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, obviously, the atmosphere was electric, and, and being able to play at night was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great atmosphere, fun game to play in, fun game to prepare for, and uh, obviously a big game. Uh, having a home quarterfinal game and uh, a lot on the line and in terms of a trip to the semifinals. And it was great. We just had a great week of preparation. We had a great uh, game plan going into the game, and uh, we just executed really well. And I think we got hot early. We kind of shut, shut them down early in that first quarter, and that kind of set the tone for the rest of the game um, moving forward. And so we are just able to keep that same energy, that same momentum, and the same focus uh, throughout all four quarters. So that was that was really good to see. From our seat, just watching the Montana State football program evolve like it has over the last four years has been, quite honestly, fascinating. And you get this guy that comes in with all this energy in Jeff Choate, and he lays yeah. his vision out there for everybody. And he he doesn't never mm-hmm. he never keeps a secret from anybody. He tells you everything <laughs> that you want to know and everything uh, about what he envisions for the program. But he's he's talked so much about the incremental progress he's wanted you guys to make. And then I know after mm-hmm. last year when you lose in the first round or in the second round of the playoffs in North Dakota State. Never mm-hmm. again. You guys are never going to lose like that again. But now that it's coming to fruition, now that you've put in 12 full months of work and you get another chance to go to Fargo, what's it been like to navigate the last year of this journey and get another chance at NDSU? Yeah, it feels good. It just, you know, it feels good to accomplish things that we say we want to accomplish. And I think a lot of people can, you know, say they have goals and a lot of teams and programs say they have goals, but, uh, get the same results each year. But like you said, we've had incremental progress each year and it's just been a fun, fun thing to be a part of. And, uh, obviously coach Choate's the head of that and he's, he's been a great leader for us. Um, and then in terms of another shot at NDSU, yeah, we're just excited, uh, to get back there. I think we're a different team. I think they're a different team. Um, I think we're playing with a lot of confidence, playing really hot right now. So we're excited to go in there and on, on the big stage, uh, playing against the, the number one team in the country. And, and like, yeah, like we talked about with all these big games, it's the same game. We just got to prepare, uh, be ready to go out and execute the game plan and, and make plays when they, when they really matter. So we can't wait for it. Derek, it seems like a lot of teams, you know, will be happy to not play North Dakota State uh, as long as they don't have to. It has felt mm-hmm. exactly the opposite for you guys, though, to me. It, am I wrong about that? Or have you had this circle say, we want the Bison again? Yeah, no, yeah, we want we want whoever they put in front of us, and, and we're a hungry team. Um, but like, like Coach Choate's telling us, it's all about us. Uh, it's all about the guys in the room, and, and yeah, I, I'm just thankful for for the opportunity to be playing in the semifinals and, and playing, playing these big games, and um, obviously we don't want it to end here, and, and we, we want more than just a semifinal win. So, yeah, they're just the next, next team up, and, and we couldn't be more excited to uh, yeah, go to Fargo. So, what do you? Th- what have you thought of just North Dakota State's dominance overall? Because you're a guy that's followed FCS for, for, football for a long time, growing up in Belgrade, mm-hmm. following the Cats. I'm sure you remember 2010 playoffs mm-hmm. when North Dakota State rallied and, and beat Montana State. What do you yeah. think of just this juggernaut that they've created? Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um, you know, everybody talks about dominating, but they've they've done it over and over and over, and uh, 
yeah, it's just impressive to watch. It's, it's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I just, I, I think they're the standard a little bit in terms of that's like you said, everybody wants a shot at them and kind of like Alabama or Clemson or those big teams in the FBS. But, uh, yeah, we're, I mean, it just makes, makes playing them that much more fun. And, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's pretty impressive. So I think that's kind of what everyone is shooting for, but obviously we're, we're kind of trying to get there in a little bit different fashion. Uh, like, like we were talking about with the incremental progress each year. So, Derek Marks joining us. He's a senior on the defensive line for Montana State out of Belgrade, a local kid uh, playing for the Bobcats. And when it comes to the game on the field, uh, Derek, mm-hmm. last week, uh, Illinois State, they played a great defensive game, held NDSU without a touchdown, held it to just nine points. Is there something that you can see on film that maybe they did that you might be able to replicate? And also, just in general, what do you need to do when they do have such a great offense and a, and a great dual-threat quarterback? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what stands out to me about them is just their offensive line and their physical guys. They're they're big guys that can move really, really well, and you can just tell they're they're really well coached. Um, and it seems to have always been like that. So they always have a great offensive line. And um, but yeah, in terms of Illinois State, I think what we saw is they just use their hands really well. They were physical off the ball, um, and that's that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to be physical. We can't get out of our gaps. We can't just let them wash us down and create big holes uh, for their, their running backs to to hit because that's when, you know, they get six yards of carry or whatever they're averaging. So we got to use our hands, be physical, play in the backfield, and, and see what we can do. Like Coach Schultz said, what do you say when you talk about analyzing this team? I mean, they've won 140 out of their last 150 games. They've won seven out of the last eight national championships. They've, they've been mm-hmm. almost untouchable. I mean, they're on a 34-game winning streak, but – as a competitor, how do you not let that stuff get in the way? How do you not be intimidated by the monster that is North Dakota State? Yeah, I think I think a lot of it is just we saw it. We saw the the brand. We I think they beat a lot of teams just based off their reputation, and <laughs> I think teams. Yeah, I think it's a mental thing, and and thankfully we've been there. We've we've experienced it, and now it's time to ignore that and put it behind us. And it's time to like Coach Show has, has been talking about ignore ignore the hype around us as well. And uh, we got to prepare and, and try to play our best football, and that's how you beat great teams is by playing your best game. And uh, so we can't worry about you know the noise down there. We can't worry about their reputation, what they've done in the past, because it's it's all about winning on Saturday. And same thing for them. You know, they're just because they've won in the past doesn't mean that they just you know automatically get handed the win. So they have to go play the same game. And so we're excited to step on the field with them. Derek, on the outside, everybody talks about this through the lens of, of NDSU. What do you got to do to beat the Bison and this, that, and the other? But is there a level at mm-hmm. which this team right now goes, NDSU has no idea what they are getting into by playing us on Saturday. Like, is that a mentality that, that is, is prevalent inside of those walls at Montana State right now? Yeah, I think uh, we just want to play with a lot of confidence, come in there with, you know, confident football and um yeah like i said though it's a, we don't win games on saturdays we win games by out preparing our opponent and um yeah so it, it comes down to beating them on monday practice beating them on tuesday practice and we we say that for every opponent how can we beat these guys you know in our in period seven at wednesday practice so it's just the urgency that we talk about the urgency that we have in our preparation the urgency that we have in you know, watching them on film, taking care of our bodies, making sure we're, we're ready to go because uh, we can't control anything that they do. We can't control um, their preparation, how they play, but we can control what we do. And so it's all about us. It's all about putting the game plan together and, and then on Saturday just going out and beating the guy across from us and, and executing. Well, man, congratulations on what's already been a fantastic year, but it's, uh, it's not done yet, so keep it rolling. Best of luck to you on Saturday. We're looking forward to the game, all right? Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. You bet. Thank you. Derek Marks, senior defensive lineman for Montana State, uh, playing uh, in what he hopes is his second-to-last football game of the year on Saturday. Uh, Coulter will take a quick break, come back tomorrow, early signing day in college football. Coulter's got the list for you of uh, everybody who is committed uh, in the state of Montana, where they're going. 
Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. It's time for our Prep Extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. Forget those high-interest credit cards. Get a holiday loan at Farmer State Bank. Count on fast approval times. Low interest payments. OAC. Coulter, uh, tomorrow, early signing day. And to be clear, it's the opening of the early signing period. Uh, it's three days long. Football... Right? Football just mastered this first Wednesday in February signing day, and then they added this new signing period. But the first national signing day is actually the opening of the signing period, which is now the opening of the late signing period. We see it in basketball all the time. The opening of the signing period will happen, and it's not this grandioso, every program signing 25 guys. The letters trickle in. I mean, it took like seven or eight days for Montana to get all four of their national letters. And the day that the signing period opened, we actually reported that they only signed one and then they ended up getting three other guys. And so to be clear, this is interesting because it's a three day deal, but like right now we're going to go through some of the guys that are committed and these guys could and most likely will sign. And when they do, I think that's a feather in the cap as well as a sigh of relief, especially the out of state guys. But there will be some guys that don't sign tomorrow. Like, for example, Grady Robinson is a three-star recruit out of uh, Sammamish, Washington. He was mm-hmm. the King County Player of the Year as a quarterback. He's committed to Montana State. Well, he just changed his Twitter pro- profile over the weekend to Western Kentucky commit. But that does not mean that this war is over. And if mm-hmm. he signs t- tomorrow, the recruiting war is over. Mm-hmm. But if he does not, you best believe that Jeff Cho and his staff are going to be calling Grady Robinson all the time when they are yeah. allowed to yeah. see if they can get them. But I do think that there's a distinct element to the early signing period for the Montana schools because the in-state recruiting war, you know the kids that are in Montana, if you're the Montana programs. You know that you're going to have to beat the other program for those kids, pretty much. Every once in a while, there's a Will Disley or a you know Tanner Roderick or whatever who's getting some out-of-state interest. But mostly, the best kids in Montana are going to go to Montana or Montana State. Right. And so that's where the war he starts heating up in May, mm-hmm. and you can race to the finish, And but also you just know the kids are going to get in the boat right now. Well, and then the kids that are remaining, maybe, then you can know how to fill in your scraps. And I, I shouldn't say scraps, but you know how to piece together the rest of your class based on who you sign tomorrow. It's interesting because there's some guys who might sign... It's it's a two way street, right? Because there's some kids who won't sign tomorrow, and they, you know, these schools will have to continue to pursue them. There's other guys though that because of the class that gets signed tomorrow, the schools will stop recruiting them in some instances because, well, we're we're full, we're good at the spot. We don't, you know, however that might work. So you kind of gotta play a little bit of a game if you're recruited and have a good understanding of, of where you stand, what you want to be, where you want to go, because you could have five teams after you, and after this week, you could have two or one. Jeff Undercuffler, quarterback yep. from Albany. He right. was on the show leading up to their game at Montana State in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And we asked him, we said, tell us about your recruiting. He said, I was getting interest from four power fives, and then and then I wasn't, and then I, and then I had nothing. And I didn't know why I was under-recruited. I just, I just didn't have anything. Yeah. And quarterback is particularly interesting because I I did some I looked into that after we had interviewed him. I wish he would have had more knowledge of it before. But uh, he went to Syracuse's camp, Rutgers camp, and Pitt's camp, and he was getting interest from all those schools. And then all those schools signed a guy early, 
And then it is off of him. Yeah. And then he's and and I think that that scares away a lot of other FCS schools because they're like, oh, he's just going to go to Pitt. And so then you, you kind of fall through the cracks. But it's, regardless, there is going to be some guys that sign tomorrow that will be exciting. Yeah, and, and we'll go through this a little bit. But it is unique in the state of Montana, too. Because, as you said, basically, if you are a, a Division One football player in the state of Montana, you're going to either Montana or Montana State. Like, that's just the, the overwhelming percentages bear that out. It's also interesting that both of these teams making it to the national quarterfinal, the last day you could contact recruits, was on Saturday, this mm-hmm. past Saturday, until tomorrow when this thing opens up again. So there's this there's this dead period uh, for the last four days. So both teams get well in Montana State's case, they're in Bozeman, but that you know you finish up your game on Friday, Saturday, you are up and at them to go, you know, put the final touches on the guys that you are, you know, trying to bring in. And the same for Montana. Montana flies back, lands in Missoula at 4 a.m. on Saturday morning, coming back from Ogden. The coaches, a couple hours of sleep, and then into the cars they go, and they're, you know, flying all over the place to, you know, either talk in person or on the phone, whatever they need to do on on that last day. So it's interesting in a playoff setting like this how this works. But the other thing is, by and large, most of the kids that are going to be going to either Montana or Montana State are going to be signed over the next couple of days. They get them in early in mm-hmm. Montana. When Rob Ash and his staff were first getting into the playoffs at Montana State, their greatest recruiting class was 2009, the year before they won the Big Sky for the first time, and the year before they went to the playoffs for the first time as a group, as a staff. And they talked about it a lot, how they didn't have a plan for recruiting during the playoffs, and yeah. their recruiting fell off a couple of years. And I think that's where then you saw the dip in the program in talent. And then they got it back on track for a minute and then lost it again. And, and that's a whole different tangent. We can go all the way down. But it is a craft to be able to recruit while you're on deep playoff runs. Bobby Houck knows how to do it, but he was also doing it where there wasn't this early period. So even if you did play all the way up until the week of Christmas when the national championship used to be, or I guess mid-December, you still have six to eight weeks to finish your recruiting class mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to get all these dudes signed up right now. It'll be interesting to see how Montana State navigates it too. But the Cats, actually both these teams have been doing a great job because recruits, Twitter is such a huge part of recruiting now. Yeah, And all the recruits, they know when the when the open periods are, when the closed periods are, when coaches can talk to you when they can't. Kids love love now, you know. They love their graphics and their jerseys and their pictures and everybody's, you know, pumping them all up and trying to get use social media to get them to their school. But uh, both programs have done a good job. The assistant coaches being like, hey, it's an open period. We are not going to come see you because guess what? We're one of eight teams in the country that are playing. You know, let the game be the recruiting, mm-hmm. right? I think that's the other part that's crucial when you host playoff games. Like the Southeastern Louisiana game here in Missoula, there was a ton of recruits in town, and they were standing in the corner of the end zone when Corbin Walker got that pick six. All the red shirts and all the recruits were standing right there waiting to sing the fight song and celebrate with the team. I don't think it's any coincidence at all that the Grizz got like six verbal commitments after that weekend Yeah, because those kids were right there. Well, Coulter, let's go through. we got a couple of minutes, so let's go through a couple of these. We don't have to do them all. I know some of the big ones of Tommy Malott from Butte headed to Montana yep. State, yep. Carson Rostad, Jackson Lee yep. going to the Grizzlies, but give us a couple. Uh, I'll give, couple you, the, I'll give you the Montana kids that are expected to sign with each program and yeah. then maybe one or two of the other like highlight guys. So at Montana, the Montana kids are expected to sign are Carson Rostad, the quarterback from Hamilton, Jackson Lee from Missoula Sentinel, who we're actually going to go see sign tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He signs 11.30 down at Sentinel Gym, so we'll have a little bit of sound from Jackson Lee, which actually be fun because we haven't actually talked to Jackson yep. Lee. We've covered Sentinel a lot, but haven't talked to Jackson Lee yet. Um, Drew Deck from Kalispell Glacier will be signing, uh, as well as Matt Sipkins, who's one of those kids that was on a uh, visit when uh, during the playoff game. Uh, he's a big tight end project guy. I, mean, I might be one of the newer guys to people's consciousness, but... He's a six foot five, hundred ninety five pounder that they slate as a tight end. I've seen what Bobby Huck has done with the six five, hundred ninety five pound guys. They but they're about two fifty by the time they're sophomores. Yeah. So uh, that'll be interesting to see how he develops. Guido Ocello from Butte Central. What a great name! Your name Love is it. Guido, and you go to Butte Central. He couldn't be more Butte than that. Huntley Projects, Journey Grimstad, Asher Croy from Bozeman, Chase Johansson from Park City. Uh, those are the rest of the Montana guys, and they're probably the most reputable. Uh, guy that will be a part of the program right away is Robbie Patterson. He's the junior college transfer quarterback. Yeah, so he'll be a mid year transfer, and that's a guy that I, those are. The, that's the other thing that is you used to have the ability to sign mid year guys in December, 
And now that's just become a part of this early signing period. For the Cats, their big mid-year guy is going to be Matt McKay, the North Carolina State transfer at quarterback. Yep. But they have a couple other uh, Montana guys, including Jake D'Agostino, who led Bozeman High to a state championship. Connor Ryan, who's the son of Cy Ryan. Uh, he was a former Bobcat player. Connor Ryan was a first-team All-State guy, both sides of the ball at Billings West. Really fast guy, probably the best kick returner in the state of Montana. So that's a good get for the Cats. Tommy Malott, like you mentioned, from Butte High, the Gatorade Player of the Year, going to Montana State. Connor Reitler from Billings Skyview, one of the better offensive line prospects in the state. McCade O'Reilly, who's a kid I'm very interested in because he shattered his ankle during the black-red scrimmage for Bozeman this year. I thought he was going to be one of, if not the best players in the state. He missed the entire season, did not get to play on a state championship team. But he was a first-team All-State guy both sides of the ball as a junior. I think he has tremendous upside. He's really tough. He's a... He's Callahan O'Reilly's little brother, and we've seen how tough Callahan O'Reilly is. I mean, he's the leading tackler for Montana State for this sure. year. He's been great. And then the last two Montana guys, Trey Yates from Cole Strip, younger brother of Tucker Yates, sure. and Aaron Richards from Butte Central. Very good. Uh, yeah, that's that's fun. It'll be fun tomorrow uh, in the next couple of days to see who signs officially. And uh, There'll be some surprises, because yeah. I got 14 guys on my list for, Mon- or excuse me, 15 guys on my list for Montana, and I've heard 18 is actually the number. Okay. I got 20 guys on my list for Montana State, and I've heard 22 is actually the number. So there's going to be a couple guys that slide in there. You never know. It's our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmers State Bank. Again, how are you going to finance Christmas? It's coming up. Don't put it on your credit card. That's a bad way to go. High interest payments, you don't want that. Go to a, get a holiday loan from Farmers State Bank. Count on fast approval times, low interest rates, easy payments, OAC. Hour one of the books, hour two, straight ahead. There's some coaching rumors with some coaching vacancies coming up involving some Big Sky Conference coaches. We'll talk about that. But first, we'll talk about one that isn't a rumor, Bo Baldwin. He is back. He is at Cal Poly. He is the new head coach of the Mustangs. We'll talk with him right after this. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 